you like Grant Fisher, I told him I'd give this shout out, but he just came out with a new podcast called The Half Step Pod. He's doing it with a former teammate of his, Connor Lane, and a really good listen behind the scenes action of what it's like to be a professional. Welcome back to another episode of the Half Step Pod. I'm your co-host Connor Lane, and across from me, as usual, Grant Fisher. Grant, how you doing, man? What's up? Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, we are one month in the mountains officially now. Um, it's currently May 5th, the day we're recording, and we got up April 5th. So, uh, a month in, time has flown by, but it also feels like I've been up here a while. So, uh, I'm I'm happy. Training's going well. I uh, got some races coming up, so that's always exciting. And uh, yeah, the you know June will be here before I know it. So it will. Yeah, I mean Cinco de Mayo. First of all, we have to start with that. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited. The dining halls went off today for Cinco de Mayo, as they usually do at Stanford. Yeah, I remember yeah, that. A lot of not just I mean Cinco de Mayo especially, but a lot of obscure holidays. I feel like the dining hall goes pretty hard. <laughs> I think it's something with their budget where it's like. It's not that we can't always get, you know, like incredibly high quality food, but we can always put up like 30 paper pinatas for Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> and uh, no, but truthfully, it was it was really fun. Uh, I also I also got the second vac shot today, man. So uh, if I fall asleep on the interview or whatever the side effects were supposed to be, you can't hold it against me. I went with Sarah uh, and some of the guys to Emeryville. So just a very, I don't know. I mean, long trip back now. Uh, excited excited to talk about you especially with these potential races on the schedule yeah yeah i got some exciting stuff coming up uh, i know on previous pods i mentioned mount sac uh, mount sac 1500 but um not gonna end up doing that i'll probably do a race most likely a 1500 at sound running uh, which is the following week um which i believe it must be around maybe may 14th somewhere around there May 15th. That would make sense. If yeah, I'm getting the weekend correctly. Wait, um, so yeah, like 10 days. I mean, this is going to yeah, be correct. released on a Thursday morning. So like nine yep. days or probably or whatever. Yeah. The yep. team will be in LA for Pac-12s. Yeah, I heard. Um, so we'll both be in, in LA at the time, which would be cool. Mm. Yeah, no, it, it will be exciting. I, uh, that's good. I, you know, I had, there are rumors, there are people in my DMs asking if you were dodging Mount Sac because DK Metcalf was going to race. <laughs> uh, I, I know you were entered in the 15 and the 100. Uh, I guess we'll have to back that up just a little bit. But yeah, I mean, obviously no takers on that front. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's cool that DK Metcalf is, is racing. I mean, you know, there's always the debate, you know, and we don't need to get into this now but I'm, no i'm so fo- excited for it though. football, we don't need to talk about it. football so soccer speed instantaneous speed being confused with you know track speed um you know the track people usually get pretty up in arms about it um i don't mind too much i feel like it brings some publicity to the sport it's one of the few times that people the general populace thinks about track so yeah. i feel like any publicity is good um but Almost it'll, any be, it'll be very exciting publicity. yeah it'll be super exciting um yeah, it'll be cool to see how he does on the block start. Um, yeah. If he does a block start, which I would imagine he will. I know he ran track in high school and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty excited. 
it'll be cool. I think it's televised the whole meet, so it'll be pretty cool. Yeah, that would be. I'm I'm really excited as well. I I read some articles about it today that were like, he's been serious. Well, I don't know. Apparently, the day after the Seahawks got eliminated in the playoffs, his agent was on the phone like, DK's ready to train like to run a fast hundred this this <laughs> year. So I mean, first of all, it must be sick when you're so good at your primary sport that you can like. I mean, there's a lot of characteristics like you know, being a good wide receiver in the NFL and, and being fast. So it's not like he's not training and I'm sure he's still doing football work, but it's, it's kind of cool how he can cross that over. I agree with you. I think that there's not that much bad publicity that can come from something like this happening. Um, I would, I mean, for the sake of my Twitter experience, I would hope that he loses by a good amount just because <laughs> there are so many people I follow that are up in arms, you know, not up in arms that he's in it, of course, but like, oh man, you guys don't understand difference. Track speed is different. And I, I agree. I mean, I think, I guess we're going to, we're going to see, um, I don't know who else is in the field, the hundred field, but, uh, it'd be exciting if they got some of those top guys. I mean, if I was a hundred meter guy, uh, you know, all these NFL guys are always talking about how like, you know, oh, we're faster, you know, we got pads on. This, I would make sure I was at Mount Sac if I was healthy and fit. Like, no doubt. That would be so exciting. I can't even think of a comparison for, like, the distance side of things. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it'll it'll be very exciting. And hopefully, like, another cool aspect is, you know, a lot of people that maybe only follow football might tune in just to see how does football speed truly track up or, or I guess, not track up. Uh, like stack up. Is stack up is of. what I was trying to get. At. Yeah, stack up to track speed. They rhyme. Um, it's hard. Yeah. And and maybe they'll stick around and watch more of the meet, you know? Yeah, that's why yeah, I, yeah. I was kind of, when I texted you, I was like, are you racing Mount Sac? I was like, oh, man, he's going to be racing this meet. It <laughs> seems like it's getting a little bit of pub. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that 100 will be sick. I, I DJ was saying that there was like a flow track poll that whether or not he breaks 10-3, and he seemed to think that blocks were going to be a big issue. I, I wonder about that. I I mean, everything besides blocks is just, is just running. I mean, I know there's like drive phase and all that stuff, but... You're really just sprinting fast. The block thing will be interesting. I feel like that'll be where it makes or breaks him. Like if he gets a really poor start and the thing's over immediately, that would suck. Yeah, I mean, I do think the the 100 is a very nuanced event. Um, just kind of like how you kind of mentioned, you know, there's so many phases to it, so many different pieces where you want your body angled a certain way, yeah. you know. Um, and the start in itself, you know, it's, it's hard. Um, like obviously I don't have experience running the hundred competitively but you know you see people win and lose races in the start and whether it's just your sheer reaction time from the time the gun actually goes off to the time that you leave the blocks or you know if you stand up too quickly if you're you know too far hunched over if you have your ankles wrong and don't have you know the right levers going it's pretty nuanced so yeah it'll be interesting to see guys that have been training at that start for many, many years versus DK, who's used to kind of getting off a, a line of scrimmage, maybe not, you know, with the same attention to detail on, on body positioning yeah. um, and sheer reaction time to a gun. Um, you know, if you're a quarter second off on the snap, I don't think it matters nearly as much as if you're a quarter second off on the start uh, of a hundred with the gun. So we'll see. I'm excited. Yeah, I, I also, I think, an overlooked part of this, I mean, first of all, 
it is a super technical event. And I didn't mean to be dismissive of that when I'm saying, oh, it's just sprinting. Like, no, it's it's very technical sprinting. But, you know, they do train for the combine and you have to do straight line speed. So I imagine there's crossover there. What there isn't crossover with that combine drill is the clock starts for them when they start moving. So I agree. I think right. in addition to blocks, you got like actually timing up a gun start that's going to be harder i mean I, I don't know i am just really excited to to see what happens um i mean yeah like i said would would love for track to come through but also it'd be kind of sick if he just killed everyone like <laughs> if he did run like nine eight or you know just something like <laughs> and just completely trashed like uh that would that would kind of suck for track but also i mean at the same time <laughs> if dk runs nine eight he would definitely run the trials i feel like in that case i feel like he'd be like oh man i can make and then that's a lot more eyeballs too i mean it's, it's a win-win for track truthfully um as a sport probably so it is exciting to have him in there i didn't expect to go on a 10 minute dk metcalf tangent but i'm excited about it man um there's some other fast guys in the nfl that they could get in there too i remember they would do this graphic uh where they would take like i mean and this is where they kind of mess up the data almost on purpose they take like tyree hill's top speed on a kick return or something or on a route and then mash it up like if he was running that speed that whole time he would be third in the you know, Rio Olympics 200 meter race. It's like, yeah, but that, that's a max speed. That's different from, you know, like, I, like we were talking about your, your off the gun and your, and your drive phase and all that stuff. There's, you know, not, they're not running at top speed the whole time either. So it'll be nice to kind of settle this a little, a little bit <laughs> with one person. Yeah. I, I doubt it'll settle the debate. <laughs> I think no matter no, what it'll happens, be done people, after this, winner, be... winner lose no excuses. It's over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. man. track fans are funny, you know, Everyone talks about growing the sport, but then things that do draw more eyeballs to the sport, like comparisons from other professionals uh, to track and field, like people are kind of like, stay out of our sport. You don't understand. Uh, yeah, we are bad than, at you that, know, man. Kind of welcoming people in and maybe like trying to educate them on, you know, track and what it, what it's about and stuff. So um, hopefully this will be a good opportunity. Um even if it attracts just a few people to, to watch the rest of the meet, I say that's a win. Yeah. Also, that's what we're here for at the Half Step Pod. <laughs> we're here to welcome you, people uh, who know yeah. nothing about track and field but have stumbled upon our niche running podcast. This is exactly <laughs> why Grant and I are into this, that and to talk to the people who are already diehards about it. Um, but okay, so into what I wanted to talk about. Um, as for the giveaway, by the time that this is posted, you'll have posted the gram officially making it a contest everyone who has dm'd us has emailed us we've gotten probably i don't know like close to 70 or 80 dms and emails combined um super excited about that thank you guys for the reviews and the and the subscribing and all the bs that we asked you to do um <laughs> everyone who's done that already we've we've seen all of the ones that have been sent in so don't worry about that we're trying to respond to everyone um but if we haven't you're still entered and then we'll give people, once Grant posts, I think, through the weekend to Monday's episode, and we will do the draw, um, or I guess to next week's episode, and we will do the draw early next week, and we will be able to tell you guys by, if we drop it on Wednesday, the Wednesday episode on May 12th. Uh, that is what we're shooting for, obviously, classes and training and everything permitting. So, again, yeah, if you've entered already, you're in. Uh, do we want to tell the people what it's going to be? I know you were going back and forth on this a little bit. Yeah, we were going back and forth. Um gear uh dragonflies pegasus uh, but i think i think we're gonna go with peg 38s uh at least for this this giveaway we could do one in the future 
Um, just, just because, you know, not everyone that listens is trying to do like a track session, you know, um, there are people that would get more use out of just trainers. Um, those are pretty universal. So, uh, we'll give away a pair pair of 38s. Uh, if you win, we'll DM you and get your sizing info and everything. And, uh, if you have a color preference, uh, maybe you can pick a nice color. So, um, yeah, we're looking forward to that. Um, and yeah, thanks for everybody that has already, uh, given us a, a review or subscribed or told anyone about the podcast. It, it's, uh, it's cool to see how much we've expanded in the past you know month or so. Yeah, no, we're, we're taking off like a rocket ship, man. It's, yeah, uh, to the moon. Yeah. To, all the way to the, <laughs> to the moon. Not quite, but, uh, no, it has been really fun to start building this community a little bit. I, uh, the other big thing that we did or have done, uh, we did an interview, didn't we? We 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 actually recorded it and everything. Yeah, first first guest on the uh, the half step, uh, the one and only Mohamed, uh, sat him down for a nice interview. It went way longer than we expected, uh, which is great. Was, yeah, which was great. He was dropping a lot of really insightful, you know things that he's learned over the years. He's been a pro for quite some time. Yeah. And broke down some of his races, kind of got the behind the scenes look on how he was feeling going into uh, things like the world championships, the Olympics, how he's grown as a runner and kind of where he's at now. Uh, He's coming off a a bronze medal at the most recent world championship. So he's uh, at the top of the the game right now. Um, Definitely in in the metal contention going into uh, this this summer so uh very insightful guy a, a good friend of mine a great teammate so I, I was really happy with the interview yeah you were it was it was really fun he also mo also talked about uh how badly he drops grant on a regular basis so you'll have to <laughs> you'll have to listen for that but no we'll uh the plan is to drop the first half of the interview because it is very long uh, I think Saturday morning. So if people are going out on their long runs, that kind of thing, uh, it should be there. And uh, then the second half next week as well, we'll just split it right about down the middle, uh, make it easier for everyone to consume. So yeah, that's the other big thing. I wasn't sure, dude. I wasn't sure if we were going to keep it a secret. Um, <laughs> I didn't I'd keep people guessing, but there's no reason to be that secretive. It's Mohamed, two-time Olympian, global medalist. Very exciting. Uh, he was great, like Grant said. Uh, and we're hoping to do more of these with more people, not just Bowerman people as well. Although guests, you know, they're, they're definitely welcome. It was a fun time. Yeah. Also, if you, if you guys want to ha- if you guys have any requests for people to, to have as uh, guests on the pod, obviously the easiest people for me to get a hold of are my teammates. Um, but I'm sure we could work it out. Uh, like Connor said, we don't want this to be just like the Bowerman, like behind the scenes thing. Hopefully yeah. we can get other pros or even other college kids, um, kind of get their insight, see, you know, if, if people out there want to know what it's like being on a different team or sponsored by a different company, uh, I, I think it'd be cool to kind of get that, get that out there. Yeah. And we got some stuff in the works on that ladder end, the different sponsors pros right. coming up soon, hopefully. So, uh, right. yeah, that all should be good. But the, uh, the main purpose of this, this episode, which is going to be relatively brief because we got some more content for you guys in a couple of days, is to talk about you, which is, usually tends to be uh, because of the questions that I ask. But specifically, <laughs> I didn't want it to make you sound like, oh, we're talking about Grant again, but uh, it's definitely more of a me asking about you thing. 
we were going to talk about the fact that what we're about five weeks out from the trials now six yeah six. it's it's coming down to it i think it's more like six yeah yeah 10 days out from a tune-up race we might have one more before the trials or we might not uh not not sure and uh i guess you know when we started the pod a lot of this was kind of about this journey and we do talk about workouts every week for sure but you know where are you at in the training cycle now with you know five six weeks out being hey i got to be ready on this day to to rip um where are you at and kind of what's the mentality like right now yeah uh i'd say i'm in a, a very good spot um i know in the last the last time we spoke uh I kind of mentioned feeling like very, very well-rounded as a runner right now. Uh, and, and I still feel that way. I feel like I can run a really, a really good 15 right now. I think I could run a really good 10 right now. Um, and so because we're six weeks out, uh, now we'll start kind of honing, you know, the specific fitness a little bit more. Um, you know, the, the, the events that I'll probably do at the trials, I, I'm probably not going to do the 15 of the trials. I don't have the standard there. So that's pretty much off the table. Not yet. So, yeah. So probably won't be trying to sharpen up into like 1500 shape by running like some eights and, and doing it that way. Um, getting more into like 510 shape um, and just kind of honing those paces. Like uh, for me, PR pace in the 10 is like around 65s in the in the 5k it's like 61 62s um i guess more like 62s not 61 so uh getting getting used to those paces and then getting used to kicking off of them uh the sessions will become a little more fine-tuned in that regard i i think i I guess not everyone has listened to every single episode if if you're listening to this one but uh there's a concept kind of called like the polarization of training where you hit really slow long aerobic stuff and you hit quick short anaerobic stuff early on in the season and then as the season goes on you kind of bring those paces closer and closer together to kind of your race pace uh to to simplify it quite a bit uh and and we're kind of getting close to that zone right now um six weeks is a long time but it's not that long at the same time that's 12 workouts um and yeah, every day from here on out counts. So definitely getting excited. And I, I know, yeah, the trials will be here kind of before, before everyone knows it. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's exciting to hear you even talk about it. I, uh, and this 15 coming up in, in 10 days, is that going to be Jake? What's that going to be like? Do you know yet? Is it just the boys with environment or is it going to be a, a bigger thing? Kind of like what Mount Sac looks like it's going to be or, uh, I think it'll be pretty similar to Mount Sac. Uh, I've, last I looked, there's a ton of entries. So we honestly might be getting split into two different fields for the 1500. Um, I believe they'll be rabbited because I think people in it will be going for the Olympic standard, which is 335 uh, flat. And uh, that means it'll be quick. So hopefully everyone will kind of get on it and we can have a nice race uh it, yeah it won't be just bowerman people but there will be quite a few of us i think in the race um and yeah the purpose of that uh like i said I, i'm not going to do the 1500 at trials but the purpose of running a 15 is kind of shake the cob- cobwebs off again um haven't raced in a few months so just kind of get that race feel again get in tight situations where you have to make decisions and and think about your tactics. Uh, so brush up mentally on that. 
And also it's kind of just a built-in sharpener, just kind of sharpens up the legs, gets you used to, you know, running with more lactic acid than most workouts will give you. And uh, yeah, just a, a nice tune-up, kind of spin the legs out, stretch them out um, and have some fun. Uh, and then, yeah, as we get closer to the trials, yeah, the, the 15 won't really be the focus. So uh, the 15 is kind of more more used as like a training racing tool right now than, uh, you know, something that we're super tapered up and, and trying to rip. Um, yeah, so I, I think we're in good shape. So I think we will run quite well, but uh, it, I, it, it's not the emphasis of the season. I mean, well, I feel like that's a super, there's, there's kind of two different theories in college. Well, I think college athletes sometimes have different theories on it too. I don't know how, how split coaches actually are, but you know, where like what you're doing is kind of running some off events coming, or I mean, it might just be one 1500, but you're running an off event coming into the trials for your main event. Cause sometimes it's not great to run like three or four or five Ks in a row in preparation for a fast five K. I don't know kind of what your thoughts are on that. Like it, it it's a super common thing in pro running and collegiate running to run kind of a, an off event, whether it's faster or slower before you hit your kind of prime event. Um, I feel like there's a bunch of different benefits to that, but I was wondering if you could maybe talk about the reason behind it. Sure. Yeah. Um, there's definitely the school of thought of racing your way into shape, uh, which I think is very valuable and it is a very effective way to get into race shape because you're essentially, practicing race pace, uh, in these races, uh, I, I guess that's kind of, yeah. <laughs> but you're essentially replacing workouts with races, uh, and races are generally as high of an effort as you can give. So it kind of forces natural, uh, kind of breaks in training where you kind of down cycle a little bit in a race and have this huge effort, uh, kind of cushioned on either side by easy, you know, preparation. Uh, so the, the opposite of that would be working out twice a week, moderately hard, um, with less like easy days in between them. Um, racing your way into shape, I think is really effective in like high school and college, especially when you're subject to pretty aggressive racing schedules. Um, I know my high school generally we would have a dual meet every Tuesday and a workout every or sorry a dual meet every Tuesday and an invite every Saturday. So there wasn't really much room for workouts. Um, your workouts were kind of the races, and you know you double or triple or, or whatever, and that's kind of how you worked your way into shape. Uh, college it was a little more relaxed, but still a little constricted. Um, you know, you'd have an invite probably every other week, uh, and then you'd have conference, regionals, nationals. Those were natural ways to sharpen up for your event. Um, the complete opposite approach, kind of like I mentioned, would be thinking that the workouts, stringing together two workouts a week for months on end will get you more fit than... Uh, racing your way into shape, racing every weekend, but not really hitting quality workouts in between just because you're kind of trying to maintain and recover from the last one. Um, I do think, I mean, this is just like my personal opinion based on experience. I do think that the, the more training based approach 
you are able to fine tune your fitness a little bit better just just because with the racing every week approach you're kind of throwing yourself into the fire throwing yourself into the fire and your body adapts really quickly um but sometimes it's not as sustained or as uh as pinpointed of a peak as you can get when uh when you're working out and and using those workouts as uh, the stimulus to get into your optimal shape at the optimal time. Well, and I feel like there's also an added benefit of like racing as, I mean, being the thing that you're supposed to do. And I guess at the end of the day are kind of getting paid to do and represent, I mean, training makes sense as a sharpening tool, but with no racing, you're obviously not getting into that racing gear that you kind of need to be in going to trials and you also can't race i mean especially in your situation as maybe a longer guy even though you can probably run a sick like 15 coming up here you you can't always go out and race a really hard five or a really hard 10 like it's just not if you put too many of them i mean you're a strong guy and maybe it's bad to think in the mindset of oh if you put too many on your legs you'll be beat up like you probably handle it but ideally you want to get that work without having to maybe go as long like if every race was a 5k or a 10k it might have a different effect on the duration of your seasons the ability of you like to stay healthy at all yeah exactly um you know if i were to run a hard 10k and want to run really fast right now the week leading in would have to be tapered back a little bit uh just leading in and then i'd race and then the following workout on that Tuesday would have to be tailored back a little bit because I'd be pretty beat up. And then if I would work out at all, and then that Friday would probably still be tailored back as I'm recovering. So you're essentially not sacrificing two weeks of training for this 10K, but you're factoring that in. So if that's not necessarily what you need or what will make you the best at the trials or at the Olympics, then maybe that's not the best idea. for personally, because I have the standard now, so I don't really need to chase a fast time in the 10 um, and similar for the five, uh, although slightly less recovery time probably for the five. Um, but yeah, like you said, we need to race still. It's not like we can just train year round and then show up to the trials and expect to be like race ready. Um, there's only so much you can do in workouts to simulate that environment. Uh, just the mental part of it, showing up, racing, bumping, the tactics, um, you know, whatever mental games are being played beforehand, uh, that can't that can't be replicated in workouts really, uh, unless you're trash talking your teammates and you know racing each other every rep. Like it's just not the same. So you you need the balance. The the training needs to be emphasized enough that you time your peak correctly. Um, and you're fit enough when it matters, but you also need to sprinkle in some races and even, you know, training for months on end without racing is not like super glamorous either. It's kind of nice to have races to break it up and have something to look forward to something on the calendar. Uh, and yeah, it's kind of nice, I guess, technically the, the 1500 would be like my off event. Um, so it would be just dropping down low pressure, just kind of get back into that race mood, race vibe, and, uh, kind of get, get those gears turning again, get that competitive aspect going again. And, 
um, it's kind of nice dropping down from the mountains that first time and getting back to sea level and uh, trying to run something quick and then yeah back up to the mountains we go yeah and make that mile PR just even more irrelevant uh, <laughs> with the ridiculous 15 hopefully or just you know a fun 15 yeah I mean everything you said makes sense I guess it's just maybe that's something we take for granted being in these systems a little bit but that's not always common knowledge you know I agree I feel like high school is often hey you got races every couple of weeks go out I remember for me like a lot a lot of my senior year was spent trying to just run a really fast two mile and we did that we did race some miles but that was more out of necessity I feel like I often raced the two and I just didn't really realize how valuable running off events can be um especially you know in your development like at my stage like early on in college too I mean running 15s where I knew I wasn't maybe gonna run you know especially fast in like I had never been a miler uh purely I was always a longer guy but there was still a lot of value even when I was getting my like butt just absolutely whooped uh at some of our home meets in the 15 and uh I remember there was one just like four giant Indiana dudes were in my heat and I was in like second or third through a thousand and then they all went around me and (laughs) that was one of the most demoralizing things that happened on the track (laughs) I was just so much smaller than even the smallest one of them. I didn't know. I, um, but then, you know, a couple weeks later, like you come out in the five and you know, you, 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 it's kind of slow for a mile, even though it's fast because you just ran a really hard 15. That was, you know, like too flat through 800 or whatever. And, uh, so yeah, I guess there's, there's a lot there with that. I, uh, I also wonder what, what mental, what mind games are happening pre-race here for, for you. I feel like you mentioned that can't can't stimulate those in practice is there is there beef is there is there chatter amongst groups what what is this about or is that just kind of something this could happen? oh i mean everyone's always sizing each other out track is just oh, such yeah. an interesting sport where it's so easy to compare your where you are to others you know it's it's cut and dry it's not uh subjective like basketball or soccer i mean you have your stat lines in those sports or baseball but it's not as cut and dry, you know, you have your PR and it's over a set distance that can be compared to anyone else in the world that has run that distance. Um, you can look at whatever your most recent races or whatever, and it's so easy to compare. Shout out to the EKU steeplechase though. That was not the same <laughs> distance as all the other three <laughs> out there. RIP to those guys. Um, tough scene to run a 70 or 50 or however long it was meter short race and think it was legit that is that would be i don't know how i would deal with that honestly especially if i had a big pr but typically (laughs) track races are the same length yeah yeah that eku race was unfortunate i felt really bad for those guys like i couldn't imagine how i felt after running some of my prs and then a week later finding out the track was short that would be crushing (laughs) <laughs> I will uh, say I texted Stephen Fahey after that and I said, hey man, would would you be able to tell if a steeple was was like that short? And he was like, yeah, I think I would, but obviously I wasn't there. I don't know. I, I feel like I would have no gauge of it, but that's also because I haven't really run the steeple ever. So, I mean, that's totally fair. The, the way that some of those tracks are on the outer loop with the barrier and some are on the inner loop and you're making these weird ovals like, I wouldn't want to deal with it in terms of like setting that up, making sure it was 3K. I mean, geez. Yeah, I feel like it'd be tough to tell. Um, but yeah, back, back to the mind games. The, the thing is, yeah, you're always sizing yourself up relative to the competition. And the cool thing about some of these 
early season 1500s or early season for pros uh i know like the college guys have been going for quite a while now is you get such an interesting collection of people you get 800 guys that are running 15s you know to try to hone that strength to be able to survive the rounds at trials uh you've got 5k guys dropping down to hone the speed for the kick at the trials and you got 10 10k guys dropping down for the same thing to have fun and then yeah and then you got you know pure 15 guys just kind of you know getting that first hit uh race pace or maybe trying to get a standard uh it's just such a cool collection of people and uh whether or not there's like explicit trash talk it, it's it's kind of it's interesting to see you know everyone going into like a US championship i've found are always in the best shape of their life like everyone Everyone says, you know, I'm in the best shape of my life. Never been this fit, which might be true. Um, but literally everybody says it. So I feel like sometimes for everyone, though, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, what are the chances everybody timed this right? But um, it's, uh, yeah, it, it, the, the mind games are interesting. Like, are the 10K guys going to try to string it out early? Are the 15 guys going to try to turn it into, into a sit and kick? Are the people that already have the standard going to go to the front and sabotage by slowing it down to make sure nobody else gets the standard? <laughs> like, I don't think people would do that, but it, you know, stuff to think about. And, uh, yeah, the 15 is such a fun event in the 10 K and the 5 K you can make a few mistakes and be fine. Um, just cause the race is so long in the 1500, you make a few mistakes and you, you're probably out of the race. Uh, mm-hmm. so it's a it's a good um the structure of it is a good place to make mistakes like it's early in the season it's a 1500 low stakes um just want it to be a confidence builder if you make mistakes that's fine better to make them there and learn from them than make them later in the season so um yeah we'll see i i feel like there hasn't been much trash talk lately but uh maybe things will heat up Maybe you'll be at the center of it after this pod, although we haven't <laughs> yeah. really called anyone out. I uh, so not not to you don't have to like reveal this or dive too deep into the the racing aspect because you probably want to keep some things to yourself. But I feel like when you're talking about like all the stuff that could be thought about, like 10k guys stringing it out or 15 guys sabotaging the race, I feel like you're in a great position with standards and it being an off event to not really get like not really care at all about any of that. Like you're, you're going to race 1500 meters. And I guess that's, I mean, everyone in the race should be probably thinking of it that simply and not trying to throw in any extra caveats. I mean, you already got your hands full, just running the race, but do you see that? Like, are you approaching it that way where it's like, yeah, I mean, it could be fast. It could be slow. I'll be there. Cause I mean, I assume, obviously I'm sure Jerry has goals for you in this race and I'm sure you have goals for yourself, but like if a race isn't going 335 pace and it's not, I mean, and this is, this is pace. So it probably will be, I just more generally, if a race isn't going 335 pace and it's not going, and it's not like you're going to go to the lead and make it there unless you're trying to get the standard. You have a teammate who's trying to get the standard, but like in this scenario, that's not really your obligation. So can you just kind of, do you let yourself sit back and kind of ride it? Or is that like not your approach and you would, you would try to change something? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I actually haven't talked to Jerry at all about, race plan or race tactic for this one um at least you know you're going yeah <laughs> i feel like it's kind of early yeah we're, we're, I, we're a little more than a week out i feel like this is true he, he did he did let us know pretty early which was nice um but 
Yeah, it, it's tough to say. Um, I guess I, I haven't sat down with Jerry to know exactly what the goal of the race is. You know, if if he says, like, the goal is to just race, then, yeah, I probably won't take it from the gun and try to do something, you know, go wire to wire. Uh, if the goal is to, you know, run as many laps at 57, 58 pace as I can and then see what happens, then that's a different story. Um, that's true. That it, it all depends on the desired stimulus. And uh, personally, and this is just my opinion and my uh, style as an athlete, I guess. I prefer uh, not to just like do like exactly what the coach says with no discussion, but there's a reason that the coach is the coach and that I'm the athlete. Um, and to, to remember that like balance, I guess. Um, Jerry has been doing this longer than I have. Uh, he's gotten people on teams before. He's gotten people medals before. Uh, he clearly knows what he's doing. So I trust his judgment. If, if the judgment is like sit in last and try to close. Um, I, I, I mean, I might talk to him about that. That sounds kind of like a weird plan. <laughs> <Hey man. laughs> uh, but you know, I, I do have a lot of faith in Jerry as a coach and a lot of trust in him. So, um, yeah, I, I guess that's not a very juicy answer. Yeah. No, Even if good. I did know my race plan, I'm probably not going to say it, you know, beforehand. <laughs> so, no, I mean, that's, that's totally fair. I, uh, understand that we're going to record once again, uh, for our next week, normal pod. So maybe we'll have a little bit more detail about at least what you're thinking. Maybe that's an, maybe that's an off, off the airs, the discussion there. Uh, we might have, like a throwback race recap or something to to analyze instead get get the mind off the race when it's actually that close but uh no understandable for sure i mean we can't we can't be revealing everything you do on the pod i mean talk about the mental talk about the mental battles there i mean if people know everything just through a podcast you might be cooked yeah um i mean who knows if i'm telling the truth you know could, oh my could, God. could could give a little a little misdirection so. Just, just overturn the entire concept of this podcast. Like, hey, yeah, <laughs> yeah, actually, this is just to lie to people. Is yeah. <laughs> everything I said about running a 15 as like a tune-up is just BS, man. Don't even, <laughs> never do that. Go long. Go, go. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I mean, yeah, I, I try to be as truthful as I can on this. But yeah, race plan is probably something I'll keep closer to the chest. For sure. Yeah, just let me, just hit me with that trials race plan once you got it. We'll, we'll turn the mics on. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, but like, it also helps that a lot of the stuff is logical and simple and you just need to think it through. I mean, you're not really doing as much of the thinking in terms of like the race plan and season structure, because that's what a coach is for, like you said. But I think another really cool thing about running, something that we've talked about before, because um, I've gone through this coaching transition in college, and obviously you've, you know, have a new coach than the one who coached you in college and through high school. Like stuff works if you believe in it and if you buy into it and if you do it right. And it almost doesn't matter the nitty gritty details of it. Now, there are some things that everyone needs to do if they want to be good, right? Like you do need to run a certain amount of miles. Uh, there are certain types of workouts like hitting certain zones. Uh, you know, maybe you don't even need like a full polarization of training uh, depending on the level of, of running that you're at moving into the end of a season. But there are still certain types of, you know, you need to be able to do tempo runs and shorter stuff for the race distance you have. So you know, it's almost hard to lie because I feel like if you lied on the pod, <laughs> we would be like, that's just false information. Like, I feel like it's very easily disprovable. So 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think uh, it's cool because people in the sport, you can find what kind of works for you. And hopefully some of this does. And yeah, then you can go run a 15 like Grant's going to run in 10 days. <laughs> yeah, I oh, I totally agree. You know, there's there's so many ways to be at a certain fitness level in running. Like if you look at every guy ever that's run four flat in the mile, I'm sure their training looks wildly different if you look across the board. Uh, and they have all arrived at the same metric that kind of, as we discussed earlier, you're kind of labeled as, you're labeled as a four flat guy. Uh, and I think it's important to realize, yeah, the training leading into that, it can be so, so different. Um, you can be a, a strength guy coming down and trying to run that. You can be a pure 800 guy moving up to run that. Um, and, you know, because of that, you know, every coach has a different style. And I 100% agree to you. Sometimes over half the battle is trusting your coach and believing in the system. And that kind of can push you over the edge uh, from, you know, where you were to where you want to be. Uh, just just that faith, that belief and it, you know, it can be easy when you've had success under the coach or if, uh, if the coach has had success with other athletes, but it can be sometimes hard to try to grow that faith out of, uh, you know, not a lot of data. Um, and, you know, that's where like the psychological aspects of coaching come in and where I have a lot of respect for new coaches, um, I have a lot, you know, or, or coaches changing schools, changing systems, uh, it can be hard to kind of, you know, garner up the support of all of these athletes. But if it's done effectively, it can create a culture where people are running on paper better than they should be just because of that, that belief aspect. Um, and, and that culture is hard to build. But when, when coaches hit it right, you can tell. So just going off of that, because I feel like we're talking a little bit vague terms, even though I agree with everything you're saying. I think it is also important. If you are in a situation where you know, there's a ton of high schoolers, I feel like, who always talk to me about this, but like, oh, I don't like my coach, or oh, I, I, they don't know what they're doing at all, which is, which is a fair thing. I have one key thought on that that makes all these problems better. Might not fix them, but at least like reaches <laughs> a resolution, which is just like, communication and that that's that's on both the coaches you know that's on the onus of the coach and also the athlete right like you if you're an athlete you can't just complain about what your coach is doing if you're not willing to communicate with them and try to figure out like why stuff is going a certain way and i'm pretty sure every coach universally hates when this happens mid-workout or pre-workout so you know like finding time to actually talk with your coach about the like way your training is structured or going or if you have issues with it um, and what you'll typically find is that your coach has thought about this, um, and and there's a there's a reason that stuff is tailored the way it is. I mean, that's you would hope so if if they're being you know even if they're just employed by a school district to to be a teacher and a coach, or if they're a college coach or a pro coach doing this, like you'd hope that they've thought about the reasons why. And, and communication helps. It really helps just like clear up whether there's an actual problem or if it's just, hey, we weren't on the same page with stuff. And, and coaches typically like, you know, listen to the input of athletes because at the end of the day, those are the people who have to go run the times. So I think that you know, communication, that, that's where you get compromised. That's where you get people being on the same page. And it won't always work. And there will be coaching and athlete relationships that definitely don't work. You know, and I guess it is kind of BS of us to say like, oh, let's you know, just put blind, just 
learn how to blindly trust your coach because uh, li- like you're saying it is pretty easy when it's you know jerry who's coached a bunch of medalists or if you've run really well under a coach in the past it's a lot harder when a new coach comes in or, or if or you haven't ever really gotten along with whatever high school coach or local coach you have but yeah i would just say communication would, would be like the key thing that you try to embody like trying to talk to them about what's going on and typically i think it makes the situation better one way or the other I agree. And I'm glad you said that. I, I maybe was a little dismissive in, in the, the blindly follow your coach. No, I was uh, too, though, because I was agreeing with you. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, maybe I was reflecting a little too much on my experiences. I, I was very lucky to have great coaches in high school and college. You're also very um, good. We had we, we had a theory in college, like you could be coached by like a plank of wood and you would probably start <laughs> around like 356. Uh, um, like, like you could just like no one could coach Grant and Grant would probably be fine. But I mean, that's not to that's not to dismiss like what Milt did or what your high school coaches did at all. It's just we were all kind of like, yeah, I mean, he's also just a very talented and hardworking dude. So I don't know. <laughs> like it's different levels. Some people might need specific coaches more. Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, I, I don't think it's unfair to say that there are good coaches out there and there are not so good coaches out there. And for sure, you know, for sure. sometimes sometimes there's a person that's a good coach for one person and a not good coach for another person. And it's the exact same coach with the exact same system, just different athletes. In some ways it can be luck of the draw. Um, especially in the U S you know, we have a high school sports centered system. Uh, whereas in other countries you might have a club sport centered system. Uh, Mm -hmm. so depending on who your high school coach is, you know, you have, you might have a wildly different experience than someone that grew up five miles down the road from you and goes to a different high school with a different coach. Yeah, I, I do get a lot of questions, kind of kind of like you said, you know, with kids asking, uh, you know, I'm not satisfied with my high school coach. I don't really like what's going on. I think I'm going to be way better. What should I do? Like, should I break off and do my own thing? You know, I, and I do think your advice of communicating is, is kind of the best advice. Um, it, I don't think it's either of our place to tell a kid to, leave their high school coach and and like start training like a pro it works for some people it doesn't work for others it's very individualistic but i think the first step like you said should be communicating with the coach uh and ideally the the athlete communicating with the coach uh maybe with the parents help but i would think it would probably go over a little bit better if it came from the athlete ideally Um, athlete for sure if there are any parents listening to this like yeah that is a whole nother thing for another day but you know your son or daughter or like the athlete themselves being the driver of of the bus of like competitive running is is super important to try to develop and if it's not there it's that's not there either but yeah it should it should try to come from the kid or or, you know just the athlete if possible yeah agreed sorry to cut you off there i didn't know if there was i just i got so amped about that the uh i remember my high school coach always just talked about that just like how much better it was hearing from kids than parents that something was up or something was going on or like about questions that they had it was always so much easier to to talk about it just because they're the two people living it yeah to 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 briefly continue down that tangent uh similarly there are a lot of questions that i've gotten from athletes or parents about recruiting um from high school to college and getting in contact with coaches and stuff from speaking to college coaches it seems like everybody would much rather have that come from the athlete as well uh than the parent reaching out Uh, i guess i can't speak for everybody here but the athlete showing a desire and 
a passion for running and running at a specific program and running for a specific coach goes much, much further than a parent saying, you know, this is my kid, this is their time, or these are their times, they really want to run for you. Uh, it just seems a little impersonal. And, you know, I, I, I would imagine there are a lot of college coaches out there that would rather have a kid that's a little slower on paper, but wants to be at your program and has a, a huge passion for running than a kid that maybe is a little quicker, but, you know, they're, they're not driving the, the passion bus, as you were saying. The passion yeah. bus. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and let's be clear. If you're listening to this pod, you probably are on the passion bus. Uh, it's a pretty niche subject. I was thinking, you've talked to me about this before. I think I, a couple weeks ago, shut it down in favor of another race recap, but we should do a recruiting pod. Yeah, that's a good idea. I think we get the most questions about. So I'm going to write that down, and, and we'll be sure to talk more in-depth about, like, specifics beyond, hey, the athlete should be the one doing this. Uh, you know, we can talk about, like, things that you looked for in school and things that I did to get noticed, which did not include winning Foot Locker twice. <laughs> but I mean, no doubt everyone's got their process and, and, and their experience too. So yeah, I think that hopefully we can get, maybe we'll get someone else on for that too. I mean, just spitballing. We'll, we'll figure out something for yeah. that because that's what people ask us a lot about. Um, we ended up going longer than I thought we would, man. I don't know if that was kind of, yeah, I mean, heck yeah. Got yeah, yeah. I mean, pot. usually we hit some random tangents, and those eat up like ten minutes a piece. Yeah, I hope I hope that's an okay thing. I mean, geez, I don't know. We seem to be doing fine with listeners; they seem to keep coming <laughs> back. So, hopefully, that's cool. I say that's it's got to be what makes us special, right? Uh, our our tangents, just me interrupting you when you're trying to say something about yeah, about something I, or another. it's it's good that they're organic tangents, and they're kind of just like what you know, they're they're candid thoughts. You know, sometimes yeah. they're not very well hashed out, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we, uh, passion we, bus was hashed out. I don't know what you're talking yeah. about. I, uh, I also, yeah, I mean, we've, we've been doing this with less and less of a script each week. Um, and I, I feel like tonight just came in with like, Hey, we want to talk about a couple of topics. I feel like that, that does create this, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Feedback is always appreciated. It's kind of the bottom line <laughs> from, uh, y'all know where to find us on Instagram, DM or email, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, if, if you don't have anything else, I figure we wrap it up, and hopefully by the time people finish this, it's almost Saturday morning, we got the first half of Moe's Pod. Yeah, that that's all I got for this week. Awesome. Um, well, thanks, Grant, and thank you all for listening to another up, and we'll catch you next time on the Half Step Pod. Yeah, yeah, good talk. I'll talk to you guys next time.